Hey everyone, I wanted to come on and give you an update now that I am a few more weeks into the school year than my last episode. First of all, I want to thank you for those of you that reached out to me personally and privately um, to just let me know that I'm seen and that I'm heard and that I'm not alone in the struggles of this year. Things have gotten better at school. I think physically my body has readjusted to being standing on my feet all day. Um... And I am slowly acclimating to the workload that comes with teaching online and in-person learners at the same time. I know that there's a lot of teachers that have been kind of live streaming their classes, but for me, because I teach back to back to back to back from 9 a.m. until um, my last class ends at 3.15, that would be a little bit of an overwhelming kind of hassle for me to have to remember to start and stop different live streams at different points throughout the day. So I have chosen to pre-record my lessons for my online-only students. Now, luckily at the middle school level, I only have online-only students in 7th and 8th grade. And so they are at a similar uh, performance and proficiency level, so I can use the same lesson for both of those students or for both of those grades. And because both of those um, the middle school students are coming every other day. I That means I have to record a maximum of two or three lessons per week for the middle school students plus one lesson per week for fifth grade. So it's just been me trying to kind of get caught up and get ahead of the get ahead of everything um, instead of feeling like I'm coming from behind. And so I feel like I'm finally starting to get a grip on the workload. Um, As far as grading goes, I am like two weeks behind on that, but we have an in-service on Friday that I'm going to work on getting caught up um, during that as well. So happy birthday to me on Friday. Um, But also, I just wanted to take a moment and share with you um, what kind of has been working well for me. So first and foremost, what I feel has been working well and what I have enjoyed the most is prioritizing that relationship building with students. And so for me, that has come most easily at the end of class because I have to get them to kind of get everything packed up and in their backpacks and I have to clean the desks um, before they move rooms. And so I, you know, I have them pack up three, two, uh two or three minutes maybe before the bell is going to ring and in that time while I'm cleaning desks I can make conversation with them and chat with them and um, kind of joke around with them or tell them stories and everything like that Um, if something funny happens you know in the past I might have reacted rather quickly or tried to force us to move on quickly and right now focusing on the students getting used to being in school again building those relationships, laughing with the kids, making them feel loved and seen um, and welcomed back is my priority. Um, So maybe I don't get through an entire day's worth of content, um, but that's okay at this point. I also wanted to share with you who are my fellow Stepping Stones and uh, Curriculum Club curriculum users, what has worked with me with the Google Forms. So first and foremost... um, I love the Google Forms for the ease of importing multiple choice questions and straightforward question like data and like the fact that you can import the grades straight from Google Forms to Google Classroom and I can see what they did. Um, But I don't have time to be going through the spreadsheets or looking at all of the responses for some of the other questions. So for my online only students, I have been giving them almost the whole Google Form um, the first couple of days 
I did minimize the amount of questions. And at this point, I am pretty much giving them the whole form and having them, again, these are my seventh and eighth graders who I've been teaching for the last three or four years. Um, and having them set goals for themselves and decide what level questions they're going for. And I make usually the beginner options required. And then I tell them, um, because the online students, it's asynchronous, so they can kind of work at their own pace. So I'll tell them, you know, okay, pause this video and work through the word re reading workshop questions. Do as many as you can. You know, really push yourselves um, and everything like that. And so... I'm moving through those slowly for my in-person students. I have cut out the majority of the Google Forms because I haven't figured out how I'm going to use my free choice reading library yet. I am having students do the reading workshop on the Google Forms just for the ease of a lot of the questions are multiple choice. It's all in one place. I can collect the data. They're focused on it. They're doing it. Um, but basically what I tell them is I say, you know, I'm going to give you four to five minutes to answer as many questions as possible. Push yourself. It's okay if you get some of the advanced ones wrong. I want you to try, especially if you put intermediate or advanced as your goal and so on and so forth. Um, I've also been, we did a couple days for Senior Wooly. Um, so I you know, took a snippet of one of the embedded readings and put that into the reading workshop um, and things like that. So I have found that for my in-person students, minimizing the, the Google form, especially during direct instruction, like during the guided oral input section, has been super helpful. So I have them do a reading workshop on the Google form for now until I figure out my library. And then oftentimes I'll have them do either the scaffolded oral review or the student application and assessment on the Google form. And actually even for tomorrow's lesson, um, which is I'm doing cycle one, phase one, lesson two, um, I'm only going to have them do reading workshop on the Google form. And then I'm going to have them, if we do the two truths and a lie, or I do like a quick quiz at the end of class, I'm going to have them... Um, write their answers on paper and just write their score really big so that I can copy it on onto my gradebook page. Um, and that's how I'm going to handle that. So I guess what I'm trying to say is prioritizing relationships, taking the pressure off of yourself to get through so much. Um, obviously, I'm in a situation where I don't have to necessarily meet certain standards or whatnot. I mean, I am obviously meeting like the actful in Wisconsin state standards, but like I don't have any department that's saying you have to get through chapter three of the textbook by the end of the semester. Um, I just have to get my eighth graders ready for high school, which there's plenty of time to do that for. So try not to push yourself too hard, especially if you are feeling overwhelmed and burnt out like I know all of us are um take a day I was looking ahead to parent teacher conference week which I'm not sure how we're doing that yet so don't ask um but we have a full day of school I have to teach seven hours in a row and then I have to do like four hours of parent teacher conferences and then I have to teach a full day of school and then the next day again I have full day of school and parent teacher conferences for four to five hours that's going to quite literally kill my voice so you know what 
I'm going to have the students do something more independent that day. You know, I'm going to have them maybe prepare a slide or slideshows. We're going to be in cycle one, phase two at that point, which is likes and dislikes. So maybe I'll have them, you know, create one slide of all their favorite things and one slide of their least favorite things or whatever it might be. I might give them sentence starters to write up sentences depending on the ability level. I might have them create a character knowing that we're going into phase three, which is describing internal and external characteristics. You know, I might have them um, draw something, might have them do something more independent, text debates in your woolly. So thinking ahead to like give yourself a break, like this week, for example, I just moved on Saturday, today's Tuesday, and I had the kids doing senior woolly nuggets and doing a, um, one of the distance learning activities from El Banco. So they were working independently all day today. You know what? It was great because I got a chance to email parents about missing work. I got a chance to check in with kids who are online only students. I got a chance to get a little bit more caught up on my grading. Um, but like strategically planning things like that, especially if you are in person, um, and even like, okay, so my fifth graders this week, I'm doing um, a senior woolly kind of like picture talk and story with them. And then next week, my fifth graders are going to be doing nuggets. And you know what? That means that's 45 minutes for three days in a row that I don't have to be killing my voice and can put more energy into my middle school classes. You know, and then the next week, maybe I take a break on a day here and there with my middle school classes to put more energy into my fifth grade. And it's kind of like a give and take because we really do only have so much in us, right? We only have so much energy, so much time, um, so much brain power. Honestly, that's my biggest struggle. Half the day, I feel like my brain is dying. Um, And so I have found that balancing out what I do with certain classes here and there makes a huge difference. You know, sixth grade, when we did one activity, they needed way more scaffolding and teacher-led. Eighth grade, I could say, here's the paper, read through the passage, answer the questions, and do all that kind of stuff. Um, Take a day to do grammar and textbook practice exercises if you are someone who has to have that as a part of your curriculum. Um, Take a day and have the kids play on Quizlet for 20 minutes if you have vocabulary sets that they need to do. I'm not going to feel bad about that because that is keeping me healthy and sane and will allow me to continue teaching throughout the year. So take the pressure off yourself. Less is more. And you are still not alone. This is still extremely hard and extremely stressful. Um, And just know that I think about you guys all the time. And I think about how all the other teachers are doing. And I care about you. And I wish you well. And one way or another, Lord willing, we're going to make it through this. So um, let's go. And if you need to take a day to rest, if you need to take a day for students to do independent work, if you need to take a day to just sit and talk to your kids about what they're doing on the weekend or what they did the last weekend or about something that's happening in the world, then you do it. Um, You know your students best. Trust yourself. And we're going to make it through this eventually. Hey everyone, I want to tell you about this super exciting event that's coming up. And best part of all, it's 100% free if you want it to be. It's called the World Language Teacher Summit, and yours truly, myself, Caitlin Leppert, 
preaching to a choir here. I am presenting, I think, my favorite presentation I've done so far in my career, which is called Scaffolding Writing for Novice Learners. Basically, I'm going to take you through how to build your students' confidence through a strategy called Write and Discuss by modeling the writing you eventually want them to output and by utilizing graphic organizers during class and as a preparation tool for any kind of a writing assessment. I think it's super useful and applicable, and it will make your students feel more confident, become stronger writers, and make you feel maybe stronger about teaching them how to write in a way that is not overwhelming and keeps their effective filter low. So I would highly encourage you to check it out. The World Language Teacher Summit starts on October 5th. My presentation goes live on October 7th, and it will be available for free for 48 hours. You also get access to a free playbook, which has a ton of information in it, and you can upgrade to an all-access pass for the presentations for $47. That gives you unlimited time to watch the presentations. There's at least four or five per day. Some days even have six, seven, or eight presentations all by diverse world language teachers from around the country and possibly even the world. And the playbook will also get you access to a virtual goodie bag, extra freebies from the presenters, the slideshows, all of the resources and information you could possibly want. So I would love for you to check out and register for free for the conference. You can always decide to upgrade later if that's something that you need or are interested in. And you can find that link at linktr dot ee slash preaching to acquire the name of my podcast it's also shared in my twitter page which is at caitlin leppert it's shared on my instagram at preaching to acquire and it's on my facebook page preaching to acquire by caitlin leppert i would love for you to utilize my link to sign up that shows the creators of this conference that i'm the one who sent you there and it also will if you decide to purchase anything it will donate a portion of the proceeds to me um, for, my, for my getting you to the conference and bringing you there as a thank you. So check it out. I'd love to hear what you think after the conference is over. And I hope you enjoy this next episode.